women don't, they basically just don't think like that. Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. Hey. <laughs> and, and Mason Kuzmich. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, on today's episode, we're talking about... And gals. Oh, okay. <laughs> on today's episode, we're talking about Eyes Wide Shut and... And everyone in between. An erotic mystery psychological drama following the sexually charged adventures of Dr. Bill Harford as he infiltrates a masked orgy of a secret society. What'd you guys think? Look, I think the simplest explanation is just that he killed himself. Okay, uh, okay. why no, do we have to make all these assumptions? I don't. I don't listen. You say that's the simplest explanation, but no one you? has killed themselves in that facility okay, in like thirty but years. It's like, why would there have to be a whole cult <laughs> of billionaire pedophiles to explain what happened in this situation? Well, no. Okay, just, there doesn't have to be. There just has to be someone who just, pays off the guards to look the other way. Okay, and also the cameras are broken, so you don't see what's going on. But what if he paid the guards off to look the other way? Huh? Huh? I mean, yeah. you know, that's yeah. that's a possibility. Slam that's, dunk. Epstein but, killed himself. But at the same time, I I don't know. He'd already beaten the system once. Why why is he suddenly feeling suicidal this time? Well, the, I, I don't know because he wasn't going to beat it again. Maybe who knows? Like clearly he hadn't he, even been clearly he did it once because they put him on suicide watch, right? And then he learned his lesson, and he's like, N- I have to pay people off this time. No, no, to he let was attacked. Me kill myself. He said he was attacked anyway. Uh, well, then why didn't he give his lawyer all of his evidence against his billionaire buddies, as any rational person would do in that situation? What? Why it's would just, that be the rational thing to do? Because you think people are trying to kill you. I'm sorry, what are we talking about? <laughs> Eyes wide shut. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, I think, it, I think it's probably uh, Kubrick's best documentary. I'll say that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think this is a really boring movie that inspired a lot of dumb conspiracy theories. I hated it. The soundtrack was terrible. The two-party scenes were the best parts. Uh, I'm sorry, the two-party sequences were the best parts. Uh, together, they were somehow collectively 45 minutes long, despite only being two sequences. And also, somehow, that was only like a fourth of this movie, because this movie is way too long. I enjoyed it. Mason is about to get wine. Oh, I'm sorry, Chardonnay drunk. Yeah, yeah. Is Chardonnay yeah. wine? Yes, it is. It is uh, wine. Drink, He's about to drink get of wine the night. Drunk. Can you guys tell I drink a lot? <laughs> big drinker over here. Yeah, drink of the night, bandit yes, your uh, Chardonnay. Uh, your occasional uh, hard root beer mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah, hard root beer. Uh, I like uh, vodka cherry. No, wait, what is it? Vodka is cherry it sours? Yeah, vodka cherry sours. I've had that a couple of times. Uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, big fan. Yeah, those uh, are all Zima good. I had once, but that wasn't great. <laughs> you got to put a Jolly Rancher in it. I like ciders. Yeah, that's, that's the rule there. I don't feel like that would change the experience. It does. Much. It actually changes it a lot. If, if you, if you throw, throw a couple of Jolly Ranchers in there, let it soak for a little bit, it, it just makes it taste like alcoholic Jolly Ranchers. So. Welcome to Cruising It, your, uh, your favorite drinking podcast. It's yes. great. Well, I don't know how i feel about this movie see bored is it bored i I mean i i enjoy it when i watch it i tune out for a lot of portions because they feel like it's just tom cruise walking there is a lot of that with staring at things with like single piano notes being played (laughs) but the the scenes where stuff happens i enjoy so i mean so would you say that you would enjoy this movie more if you had the pile of laundry that needed to be folded 
I or whatever I'm, whatever your equivalent to that is. Yeah, I mean, I would fold the laundry at certain scenes and then stop and watch other scenes. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's I a perfect. That's the perfect definition of a laundry oh, movie. There you go. Then, I'm here for some go. of this movie, but there's, some of it I really don't need. I mean, there's a significant amount of this movie where no one's talking, nothing's happening, and it's Tom Cruise walking down the street, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, yeah. yeah, I get it. He he walks a lot. He walks. He's walking for a long time. I yep. get it. Get it. And see, I'm just I'm generally a fan of Kubrick. But I mean, at the same time, well, I was I, I was going to say this is a Kubrick film. Yeah, like I it's mean, all really well made. Even a lot if, of his films have stuff like this, where yes. like there's not really a lot really going on that affects the plot, and it goes on for a really long time. I brought up when we were watching it, 2001. The entire opening act is just a bunch of. <laughs> people dressed up as apes bouncing around and then that little obelisk thing shows up and they freak out for like it's like half an hour it's like okay yeah i never got i never got really into 2001 but i'll say the shining i like the shining the shining is a lot and it's maybe not a lot of plot it's a lot of mood building mm-hmm. but even like every sequence i'm kind of there for in the shining because it's like it builds to something that is interesting in that moment, right? Like yeah. creepy twins or blood in the elevator, something and, uh, like that. And this movie just didn't have that for me. Yeah, it really, honestly, it didn't seem to. And I guess we'll talk about this as it goes on. It didn't really seem to build towards like a really like, I guess, overarching plot. There, were, there was a lot of themes to it, but yeah, you know, it was um, it was actually kind of like a letdown in that sense. Like I figured this was going to be a real balls to the wall movie based on like the cultural understandings of it, and yeah. it was just like there was one thing. It was kind of cool and fun in the middle of the movie, yeah. and then everything else was just like a, I don't know, a descent into insanity or something. This was, this was like a pension novel. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Uh, and to go back to The Shining, I mean, it, it worked better in The Shining, maybe just because of the setting and everything like that, but there were a lot of scenes in The Shining of Danny riding his tricycle around the mm-hmm. seemingly endless hallways and nothing really happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would it would lead up to something. It'd lead up to him seeing the twins, or yeah, that's seeing the thing. seeing that hotel. But I mean, he, he rode around those hallways for a solid portion of time before you got to the interesting part. And it's like you could have just showed him like turning one corner, and the twins would be there. But instead, he's just yeah. Well, see, I think the reason that that stuff worked for me in The Shining is a it would it gave me a lot more to work with. You know, while I was waiting for the payoff to happen, right? There was lots. Yeah. To me, there's interesting stuff. You know, lots of iconic images from that movie and scary things happening, uh, or mysterious things happening. Um, and then also, those were like interestingly shot scenes. Um, you know, really put you in the scene and had you follow him. And also, it unsettles you because it makes it really clear that the hotel layout is not logical in any way. Yeah, sure. You, know, you try well, to map I'm, it in your brain, you're like, oh, this I is I mean, I'm definitely on board with you that The Shining hotel. Shining is a superior movie to this. I'm not one of those people. A lot, there's a fair amount of people who think this is Kubrick's best film, Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, see, I like, I like Dr. Strangelove the most out of all the films I've seen. So. Oh, well, fine, go. Gentlemen, oh, you can't God. fight in here. This is the war room. <laughs> I, I forgot he did Dr. Strangelove. Uh, and it's a very good movie. Okay, look, uh, but I, 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 think, I think part of this... did that one too. They're, they're, I think okay. part of this is that he's sort of limited by the fact that he he is basically making a modernized version of like this 1920s German novella, um, and it's pretty much beat for beat that story, but stretching out a 128 page book into a two and a half hour movie, yeah, not all uh, two hours and 45 minutes. Great, two hours and 45 yes, minutes. Yeah. No, that's that's know. true. Like it might have been interesting if I had known what this character was thinking all this time. Yeah, the internal just, like, monologue looking at a helped. dude in a mask. Looking at stuff. Yeah. Nodding. Nodding. 
I just look. I think it's very bold of him to do a documentary based on the disintegration of Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's marriage. We'll get into this in the <laughs> trivia section, but uh, I've got a few conspiracy theories about this movie that I want to I want to bring up, and oh, one yes. of them has to do with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's marriage. So we'll get into that. Uh, anyways, y'all got any other opening thoughts on Eyes Wide Shut? Jeffrey uh, Epstein was murdered. Okay. Jeffrey Epstein uh, was probably not murdered. We don't really have a lot of evidence to suggest one way or the other Boo. what happened. We already did this uh, bit. We <laughs> already did this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also, uh, this movie, again, I was led to believe that this would be a super hot movie. Um, I found it to mostly be gross. There were a lot of boobies, which I do not enjoy. Um, yeah. There were several times that I was teased with seeing Tom Cruise uh, naked. Remove your clothes. It never happened. There's not enough male nudity in this movie. This is a perfect example of the fundamental imbalance between male and female nudity in Hollywood. And it's a true crime for all of us gay men out there and also women or whatever. Stanley, why? Well, okay. On that note, let's get into our discussion of Eyes Wide Shut. Dr. Bill and Alice Harford live in New York with their daughter, Helena. They attend a Christmas party hosted by wealthy patient Victor Ziegler, where Bill is reunited with Nick Nightingale, a medical school dropout who now plays piano professionally. An older Hungarian guest attempts to seduce Alice, and two young models attempt to seduce Bill. He is interrupted by his host, who has been having sex with Mandy, a young woman who has overdosed on a speedball, and Mandy recovers with Bill's aid. Fucking speedballs, man. Uh, so the first thing I want to say about this scene is that the guy who calls him into the room to help the lady who overdosed uh, is the uh, the Bernie Sanders stand-in <laughs> on Succession. He's and so it was kind of hilarious to be like, oh, this is the only guy who's like a halfway good person in Succession, the show uh-huh. about rich people being terrible. And then in this movie, he's the guy who's he's like, one of the yeah, my hooker people. overdosed on a speedball. <laughs> Fix her up, Doc. Yeah, I like yeah. how you're calling him Bernie Sanders stand-in when that is legendary actor Sidney Pollock. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> wait, is that really Sidney Pollock? Yes, I may be mixing it up. Then it may be somebody else that plays that guy in Succession. Oh. It sure looks like him, though. Yeah. Oh, well, that this is Cindy, this is Sidney Pollock. Okay. But. Uh, well, you guys talk about stuff. I'll figure out if I'm full of shit or not. Okay. Uh, fair. And enough. Uh, man, uh, I was just gonna say uh, I don't. I guess I don't know my uh, cultural stereotyping, but I did not pick up that the guy was Hungarian. He said he was Hungarian. Oh, did he? That was how he introduced himself. He oh. said, "My name is blah 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 blah. I'm Hungarian." And then Nicole Kidman's like, oh, I'm Alice Harford. I'm American. Oh, I was distracted by him uh, apparently seductively drinking her drinking drink. Drinking her drink, yeah. And then aggressively hitting on her in a very yeah. uncomfortable way. Hungarian way. I, okay. <laughs> apparently. I think, I think just a, you know, a creepy dude way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't no, think that. I don't think that, that is. Right. I don't think we need to ostracize our Hungarian listeners. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? I do love one out of the five dances that they write, though. Um, <laughs> so it turns out that the guy little, from Succession is uh, it's not that nerdy. Uh, is Eric Bogosian, who is not Sidney Pollock? And when I looked them up, they don't really even look that similar. I have a real hard time recognizing people visually. So that That's was who not true. Think of. What I just said, yes. Sidney Pollock made me think of Eric Bogosian. Yeah. All right, look. This is this guy. He looks way different, right? Yeah, it <laughs> looks extremely different. That guy looks, and I, I don't, that guy looks vaguely like Jeffrey Epstein. And I don't mean to say that, like, to oh, bring no, this up again. That's Jeffrey Epstein that we were looking at. Oh, okay. 
what the hell <laughs> anyways um yeah so this is like the first of many times in this movie where women are trying to bang tom cruise uh-huh that no. seems to be a recurring theme in this film yeah no everyone everyone who sees him apparently wants to bang tom cruise doesn't matter what age either mm-hmm. children you know Go on. <laughs> okay, no, just that. Okay, all right. No, I'm, just, I'm just go. I'm, I'm just huh. jumping ahead to the fact that hmm. there's a very uncomfortable scene, multiple scenes with a child. Uh huh. So yeah, that is a weird scene. Um, you know what? I like this uh, party scene early on. I felt like this is one of the two sequences that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they were parallel sequences. This is like this is the stuff that you see on like the surface layer yeah. of rich people, which is boring, horrible, terrible parties that nobody wants to go to, and maybe just a little below the surface with uh, Tom Cruise having to go you know save somebody who overdosed on a speedball yes and he's really chill about it you know yeah like no. you can tell that he's I mean, like he's a rich not... doctor this probably is not the first time something right. like this has happened mandy, but i like it it shows that he's open sort of your like, eyes mandy he's sort of, oh, look yeah, at me mandy right. i forgot that he cured her overdose by just like talking her through opening her eyes uh it was pretty amazing yeah but um but no i like his it does set up his character I feel like there's not a lot of character work done in this movie, but this part at least is like, okay, he's sort of he's sort of part of this rich society, but not like mm-hmm. completely part of it, right? He's sort of there to to yeah. help them out a little bit. And and he's pretty chill about it. Like he's sort of a compromised character. He's yeah. not like, Whoa, what are you guys doing all these drugs in here and endangering people? Give and, me some. You know, all that's the, well, I also <laughs> okay. I also kinda got the impression that while he is clearly very rich and, you know, upper class well they have like, to have that big of yeah, a damn I, I apartment like in new york yeah well i feel like he's not quite to the level of ziegler and the other rich people at he's the secret new society money. i get like because i mean he he lives in an apartment in new york it's a very very big very mm-hmm. expensive nice apartment i'm not gonna sugarcoat that if, yeah like better than anything i'll ever be able to afford in my life but then he goes to ziegler's and it's a freaking mansion yeah so it's mm-hmm. just like a yeah. different level like he's a, he's a professional the, right he has a lot of money yeah, but he's not like he's top one percent but uh ziegler is like top like point one percent yes yeah. so just wanted to throw that out there i, I feel like he, i feel like no, he's, i mean i think that's an we are the 99.9 percent like, like i'm not i'm not saying that he's not like this hoity-toity rich guy but he's just there's there's still levels. Even in that last 1%, there's still levels. So yeah. Yeah. He, he's kind of on the fringe of the 1%, I guess. Yeah. There's this really interesting book called like The American or something that's about like a really successful American businessman. Australian. Like, early uh, 1900s who like goes to France and he's trying to marry this girl who's part of the French aristocracy there, which mm. is clearly dying. But it's like the whole book is just this really interesting dissection of like, you know, just because you have lots of money doesn't mean that you're like going to be accepted by this particular class or yeah. you know you're still kind of apart from them they still it's, think yeah. of you differently it's part of you need to have the pedigree yeah which is absurd have the but, name yes and yeah. it's not even you know not even necessarily aristocratic in this sense i guess but it's probably like you mentioned before it's probably like an older money versus newer money or, yeah. or like you're the kind of rich that doesn't have to work versus you're the kind of rich who can get rich working yeah you know? it, uh, yeah that's uh, that was what i was going to say i kind of felt like you know tom cruise is rich because he's a doctor he's a successful doctor in new york which is a lucrative career path and ziegler kind of seems like those guys who just get have money like yeah. there's just, just in a family like that has family money and like owns lots of you yeah. know they're like landlords for a bunch of properties or something. They'd ever do anything, and they just are born rich and will stay rich forever. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Uh, the following evening, while smoking marijuana, Alice and nice. Bill... What marijuana? Nah. That'll probably make her crazy. Sorry, I'm not supposed to talk over the recap. <laughs> uh, Alice and Bill discuss their episodes of Unfulfilled Temptation. Bill tells Alice he is not jealous of other men's attraction to her because he deems women naturally inclined to fidelity. Boo! She then discloses <laughs> that during their vacation in Cape Cod, she encountered a naval officer and fantasized about him enough to consider leaving Bill and their daughter, Helena. Bill is disturbed by Alice's revelation before being called to the house of a patient who has just died. Uh, the patient's distraught daughter unsuccessfully tries to seduce Bill. Upon leaving, he engages a prostitute named Domino, and Alice phones when they start kissing, prompting Bill to have a change of heart. He pays Domino for the sexless encounter and meets Nick at a jazz club. Nick describes an engagement where he must play piano blindfolded in events featuring beautiful women. Invitees require a costume, a mask, and a password. Uh, Bill goes to a costume shop and offers the owner, Millich, a generous amount of money to rent a costume. And inside the shop, Millich is outraged when he catches his teenage daughter with two men. But not that outraged. This is so much of the movie. Yeah, so I, much I, time. It, it's, 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 this recap's fun because it, it takes uh, parts that don't really have a lot going on and makes them their own paragraph. And then it takes something that probably should be like four paragraphs and puts it into one. Why are you personally insulting the recap that I wrote... By hand. Oh, you wrote the Wikipedia this article morning. for Ice Show? Yes, oh. I did. <laughs> well, you did uh, a horrible you know what? job. Hot take. I'm going to defend this Wikipedia article and say that the first paragraph deserves to be its own paragraph because the party Fair sequence enough. was interesting. No, I agree with that. And then this part also deserves to be one long paragraph, even though it was an hour and a half of the movie because it was really boring. I hated <laughs> yeah, no. it. My, my, my I point, hated it. My point is more that there was just so much time spent on all of this. and Yeah. You really can kind of bunch it all up like this. Um but, you know, it, it was kind of sad watching Alice uh, OD on marijuanas. That was, uh, that was a rough oh, yeah. sequence. Can we, can we discuss Nicole Kidman's uh, performance in this movie? I think we have uh, to. Because, like... Hey. I mean, I think... Hey. I haven't, I haven't, you know what? That was the best moment of the whole movie is when she's just an exhausted mom. Yeah. And her kid's like, Mommy, look at this doll. And she's just like, hey. I mean, I, I haven't seen a ton of stuff in Nicole Kidman... Usually I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty mixed on a cold in. This is one of the worst performances from her I've seen, and people praise her performance in this movie. I don't understand it. Like oh, I thought, especially in the scene, it was it like was bad. I think I, th- she, I think part of it's probably some of the some of the writing. It's not writing. It might even like be, the dialogue. You know, not directing great in, this. in the scene well, might be part of. I mean, it, but it's, yeah. whatever it is, it's bad. The thing about her performance in this that I mean, I guess when she's sober in this movie, she's okay. But when she's acting drunk at the party, and especially when she's high on marijuana. It makes me feel like she's never been drunk or high before because that's not how people act. Yeah, like, when when she was actually drunk at the party, she I felt like it was going to be that she got drugged because that's how mm-hmm. like out of that's it how she, she was, was acting. acting yeah. yeah, and then she like she smokes this joint and is talking really slow, and then acts like she's like super drunk and has had like twenty beers, and then she's acting really manic, and it's just yeah, and her it's like, just a really yeah, weird her, scene. It doesn't hang together very well. Her manic laughing—that's not how any human being laughs. I don't oh, care yeah, what about the laughing. I don't thing. care what uh, type of substances you're on. Nobody laughs like that. That, angel dust i mean i guess angel dust mixed with heroin yeah but yeah this is uh, this is kind of a weird scene just with the whole thing about tom cruise's character not being able to envision women being horny yeah like women don't fantasize and women would never cheat and all that stuff and i'm like i don't know 
He's a what doctor. Planet you live on, but <laughs> right. he's a goddamn doctor. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a weird view. I, I do think it's a view that a lot of people have, but yeah, but yeah, it's one of those things. I feel like there's a few parts of this movie that feel like really dated to me. Mm-hmm. And one of part them, of that might be that it's all based on again a novella from the 1920s. Yeah, maybe so. And one of them is just, just that it was you know her like taking a few puffs on this joint is like enough to. Make her super fucking yeah. high. Have y'all, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on. He's like, you're just aggressive because you smoked that marijuana. Have y'all seen Reefer Madness? Shit's real, all right? Uh, also, uh, marijuana does not make you aggressive, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Also, I get... It's not what my 1920s propaganda films... Well, okay. Said. <laughs> I get that there's a lot of, you know, couples that have issues, and you can have jealousy problems in relationships, and that not every couple is, like, really sex positive, but I just feel like if your wife tells you that she's fantasized about another man sexually, is that, like, the worst thing in the world? Is that, like, a marriage-destroying conversation? Especially because, or is it just like a, man, that makes me feel well, uncomfortable? It's we a need, conversation. We need to talk about that. It's a conversation that's going to have you spending the next three nights just envisioning people having sex with your lamp. Nothing but that. But it's like, your wife's going to get well, horny, and you think about other people sometimes. Well, it's especially not that big of a deal, because despite how he... Um, I was going to say expertly, but not really, dodges her questions. Really, he just talks around them until she lets him go. Yeah. But I guarantee you that this fictional character of Bill Harford has fantasized about other women. Yeah. So it's like... I mean, is at it, the it, party, he's walking that, with those two beautiful women yeah. being real happy about it, right? Is That's it, is well, it a that, whole conversation. It's that mind-blowing. Yeah, and then he acts like really, really like, where are we going, ladies? Yeah. But it's like, where? why is it so mind-blowing to him that she could fantasize about someone else? And it, he obsesses on it for the rest of the film. Like, he cannot shake it. And that's really what sparked all this bullshit that happens later in the film, I guess. Yeah. But I want to see the version of this movie that's just like... Tom Cruise like obsesses about that for a night and then like in the morning they decide to just go to like marriage therapy and they just have a counselor like talk them through these really normal feelings that they're having. He's just jealous. She's just horny. Like you're allowed to be both of those things. But he won't admit that he's jealous. I mean that's true. Yeah. uh, uh, This is also the second uh, and third in this paragraph time that we actually uh, four. four. This is the second, third and fourth time that someone has hit on Tom Cruise in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, there was uh, Marion, right? Yes, the, there was uh, the, the librarian. There was yes. yes, Marion and the librarian, the uh the daughter of the patient who had just died. Uh, um, I don't okay, I don't think I don't think the weird. prostitute hitting on hitting on him counts, right? That's she's just trying to pick up I'm a, I'm, ca- can I'm get horny too. I'm well, counting they can. I'm yeah. just saying I'm counting down all the times the character hits on Tom Cruise and tries to bang him. I don't care if they're doing it for money or not. All right, fair, fair. <laughs> Does it count if I want to bang him when he has his shirt off? No. Yes. Okay. That's not cool. in the movie. And we'll then, of yes. course, we have the very young teenage daughter who, it's it's just weird. That whole scene was weird. Yeah. We'll, yeah. There's yeah. a lot. And we're, we're going to come back to that. But yeah, it's a very strange. And that was just another one of those things that comes like directly from uh, from the novella, actually. Oh, the teenage teenage yeah. girl. Yeah, bits. I I did not have time to actually read this read this one this time, but I did go over a plot summary, and it's very beat for beat like the same thing. Gotcha, and stretched into a almost three hour long movie. Uh-huh. So, um, hey, you could have made a trilogy. Yeah, could've and then we forced yeah. that 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 uh, oh, no. that book into a trilogy. I mean, oh, they could have shot it into a hundred in a hundred and twenty FPS, so everything looks kind of wrong. Yeah, they could do. But you that. don't like change the lighting or anything, so everything looks really fake all the time. Yeah. And uh, this is hey when, dogs. This is when we start to get into the, I guess, 
meat of the movie, for lack of a better term, uh, when he <laughs> teams up. Gross. When he teams up with <laughs> or meets up with Nick Nightingale and learns about this crazy sex party. Nick Nightingale. That is a hell of a name. Also, if someone how you doing, lad? My name's Nick Nightingale. Like, if someone told me that they were a piano player who pianist who plays in a different location that he doesn't find out about to hour before needs a password and place blindfolded my first reaction would be would not be dude get me into that party no mine would absolutely be let's go to that no, fucking party that sounds terrible and horrifying and i would just be like you have fun with that i'm gonna go home listen if i have a way in i I'm guess gonna, i'm gonna guess go home to my hot wife I guess this is just where you and I differ, you know, but he can't get the idea of her and the naval officer out of his head. I'm going to go home to my that hot Navy- wife and we're going to enact her fantasies. I'm going to buy a Navy costume on the way oh home. Oh my God, actually, that would be great. <laughs> that would be kinda, hilarious. That would be like a healthy way to cope with that jealousy, wouldn't it? Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would go to this weird <laughs> party. Um, I don't want to get murdered uh, is the main thing. Well, but okay, um, you don't I know, know that if somebody was murdered. like, it's a sex party, I'd be like, okay, I don't know. Maybe I'll think about that. But I don't know. Well, I think that's maybe the it's thing. a murder party. I think, that, I think that's the thing that enticed him the most is because he, uh, he he left the house after this revelation that his wife fantasized about mm-hmm. somebody else. And well, and his masculinity was gasp. feeling, yeah, his mascul- his own sense of masculinity was feeling very threatened, not just yeah. from that, but then well, it, it's emphasized by the uh, the guys that he runs into on the street, the ones that, uh, that uh, call him. The jabronis? The, yes, the, okay. the jabronis that call him the uh, F word, but for gay people. Uh, um, <laughs> the F word, but for gay people. Freaking jabroni. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that one. Um, um, but he, that that's kind of like adds to adds to that kind of sense, though, right? Like well, he's, I also, but for gay people, what's the other F word? Fuck. Oh, fuck? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the last word in this movie, fuck. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that one's okay to say. That one I will say. But anyways, this in this portion, like you see... Tom, I feel like Tom Cruise is out to cheat right now. Oh yes, because, definitely. Uh-huh. I think that's for sure the implication. Yeah, because he, he he's about to sleep with that hooker, and then Alice calls him, and that's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And then which he, turns out to be a good idea, but we'll get back to that. Well, yes, but then um, Nick Nightingale, the he, he doesn't really seem he seems curious about the party until Nick says that the blindfold wasn't on that good last time, and he's like, oh, my God, the women at this party. And then Tom Cruise gets that real creepy smile look. Oh, yeah, he goes everyone, like full, full American psycho it. look yeah. right there. Everyone knows that smile from Tom Cruise. If you don't, just Google Tom Cruise smiling. His smile can sometimes get a little murdery. But he gets mm-hmm. that smile, and that's when he really like pushes like Nick. He's like, bro, you got to get me in. No, fuck all these women. You got to get me in. Bro. 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 Please. Bro. Are you looking at Tom Cruise smiles? <laughs> okay, so I tried to Google Tom Cruise fully naked as a bit. Oh. Um, and then I went to the image section. Of course, it's just a bunch of people like photoshopping his head onto, onto naked bits' bodies. So deep fakes. I decided deep fakes. not to get... It wasn't a very deep fake, but yeah, yeah. very shallow fakes. Watch out like for deep MS fakes, folks. Fakes, but uh, that's in my internet search history now. Nice. Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise fully naked. I mean, you know what? If everyone calls me on that, I'm just going to be like, what? What? <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, you're going to tell me what? You don't want that? Come on. Andrew, that's Come in on. all of our search histories. <laughs> just like Brad Pitt abs from two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, why isn't why has it been two weeks since you looked for Brad Pitt abs? Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> uh, Bill takes a taxi to the country mansion mentioned by Nick. He gives a password. Fidelio, Fidelio, and discovers a. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Have you seen that movie? <laughs> I still haven't. Okay, little, I, little call me by your name you reference get an, there. An extra plus ten points for that reference because you've never seen it before. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, that was beautiful. Yeah. Well, he gives the password <laughs> and discovers a sexual ritual is taking place. Uh, one of the masked women warns him he is in terrible danger, and Bill is ushered to a crowded room and unmasked by the master of ceremonies. The woman who had tried to warn Bill intervenes and insists on redeeming him at an undisclosed personal cost. Bill is let off with a warning not to tell anyone about what happened. Okay, so... This is the scene. Yeah, okay, first of all... This, this is the movie, really. This is the scene which I expected the whole back of half of the movie to be. I'm very disappointed. I thought there were going to be several of these parties, <laughs> and they were like going to get involved in this and everything. But yeah. it's just the one... Then there was going to be an action scene at the generally. end and a this, big shootout while but I mean, naked. When people talk... I mean, when people, I'd be into that. Me too. When people talk about Eyes Wide Shut, this is a scene, like... Mm-hmm. This is the movie, and it really doesn't go on that long. Yeah, but yeah. they had they had a very uh, very true to the movie uh, reference to this, and actually the most recent season of Venture Brothers. Just want to shout that out for a second. He watches that. It's so good, though. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so all right, this is going to be the start of a potentially hot take here. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and we don't have to get into Jeffrey Epstein's billionaire pedophile cult here. Oh, if we're going to talk about hot takes, I've got another hot take on that on that note. But but Mason, your hot that, takes are going to kill this podcast. That, <laughs> that meme, pedophile, billionaire, sex cult, whatever, uh-huh. that exists in people's heads, right? That's an archetype yeah. that's there. And then also, you know, True Detective season one was all about that, right? And also that Joaquin Phoenix movie that we saw, uh, you were never really there. Yeah, that was all kind of about that right mm-hmm. and this is even though this doesn't i mean this has a little bit of the pedophile element there because of the teenage daughter it, like it sort of primes you to think of it in those terms but but the mansion itself it seems that it's mostly women yeah. that are at the sex party like fully grown women mm-hmm. um but what did, what what's what's the scandal here why are they killing people i mean what do they do they're just having a sex party it's are they orgy. killing people like that's a little unusual are I, they killing people it though? seems like they were <laughs> so so if this is but in, if even if they were if this is if this people. is intended to be referential to anything then i think like it could be said that this is sort of not just like sex parties but almost like sex trafficking on some level tom cruise's character doesn't look into it enough to even know if that's a valid thing but if if, yeah, if you're if we're actually talking about what what people think of when they talk about like you're saying billionaire sex cults that's kind of it but that's my thing is like i feel like they're adding those things on top of what's actually in this movie here because there's not a well a lot of that the, on the screen i mean the thing- and again this comes from a uh 1920s novella where this kind of thing would probably be much more scandalous also right. also later on when he's we'll, we'll get to it when he finds out like well someone says one of the characters says, you know, you know, if you knew the people behind those masks, I'm not going to tell you who they were, but if you knew, you wouldn't sleep so well at night. So I feel like it's like really high up powerful people, maybe in politics, stuff like that, where if they found out they were part of this fucking weird, crazy ritual, sex orgy thing, you know, that might ruin careers. May, you know, things. in 2019, maybe sex scandals aren't really as big of a deal as they were. Well, I mean, I but, get that. I get like, that people have their like reputations to protect, but I'm just saying it's like, I feel like if this is the beginning of a lot of these archetypes in popular culture, usually it goes to like, you know, really horrible, you know, pedophile rape cults or whatever. But then what's on the screen in this movie is just like, I don't know, there's just like a sex party, right? Like, you know, you even described as like, you know, crazy, weird, you know, sex, th- but it's just, well, maybe that's why they're telling it. Maybe that's, that's crazy why crazy and weird, right? It's just a bunch of people 
having sex in rooms. Well, maybe, maybe the added details are why they're telling Tom Cruise not to look into it more. I, maybe. And I, I mean, I, I, think, I think you're right. You're having to assume the, things on top of this. people behind that mask where you'd be like, I don't know, what is it? He's going to be the president of the United States? Well, I'm going to be like, okay, see, you went to a sex party. Like, but see, see, I, just I think get it's, that that's out of the norm for yeah. most people, but that's not like a cr- bad thing. But it's, it's also, there's something that that woman says to him where she says like, you know, I can't leave here. It could cost me my life. That kind of struck me as like, I don't know if those women are really there by choice. Yeah, I think that's probably that, the one hint that would actually I mean, lead to some kind of like yeah. sex trafficking. But see, that's the big thing about this. this movie is like Tom Cruise really isn't at that party for very long and doesn't see that much of it and doesn't really inquire too heavily about anything because he's scared after he leaves and they tell him not to. So we don't really know what goes on at the sex party. I guess. Like, that, like, I mean, you know, it, is it just a bunch of dudes getting together like and women fucking, kissing or? and... Yeah, you know, but just orgies going on. And like I know that she says that if she leaves they'll kill her, but that's like that's almost circular. Like my question is like, but like why do they feel the need to, to kill people? Like it seems like they were gonna do bad things to Tom Cruise, but like why would why would you care? Well, I mean he and, and again any of you, he says there's nothing bad happening here. And again, you're you're kind of having to assume that, which is I, I think your problem with that, but like I, I think the, the implication there is that there is clearly something untoward going on here. That they wouldn't I want. Yes, I just didn't see that implication. I mean, I. The implication was there in their threats. I mean, yeah. I, I, I no, mean, I, but that's a that's a circular question. I'm saying, why do they feel the need to threaten over this? Because we didn't see anything untoward. And you can't be like, well, there's something untoward because of the threats. Yeah. I mean, you can be. That's clearly what the. I mean, that's what the movie's the, the story for, wants yeah. you to think. I mean, what's everything I could say about it would just be speculation. I kind of got that maybe the women were. Almost, almost, almost like sexual slaves at that point. Like, you know, that that's refuted later by one of the guys who was at the party who said, like, oh, no, they just, you know, they just dropped her off at home and she was perfectly fine. Well, I mean, that, but, you know, you know do your sex slave may have a place to stay, right? Well, but, I mean, that guy, everything that guy said was probably not, was probably just him trying to smooth the situation out. And I feel like the implication was that, yeah, that cult did some pretty bad things but yeah why they did it who knows yeah i mean i just feel like a lot of the stuff i the movie the way people describe it makes it sound like it's like a a shocking and disturbing movie but nothing that happens in the film seems very shocking or disturbing it, uh, it almost aside feels... from aside from the uh the costume store owner and his and the child prostituting bit right that is but none of the none of the stuff with their actual you know this cult of people that's you know threatening Tom Cruise. Wait, you're, you, are you like, are you not shocked by uh, by Tom Cruise's wife thinking of another man? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but I just I just I feel Wait, like it's almost a little weird that they too? like they add all the ritual stuff, which is supposed to clearly like dramatize it and make it seem weird, but it's not. But it's not weird. And if it were weird, then all of the costume stuff that wouldn't be the weird part of it, right? The mm. weird part would be. The very like I don't know I feel like it's, yeah. it's dressing up a thing and it's like ignoring the banality of what the actual evil would be, which well, is so, just like like a taken style. Like no, you just have a bunch of women who are in sex slavery. Like that's sure that's what it is. But that's, but to uh, to this point and to get a little bit into one of the conspiracy theories behind the movie, there is there is a theory that there is was a significant portion of this movie that's been cut out. Um, a significant por- I mean, and that's true of any movie, but. Uh, 
relevant. <laughs> There's a theory that they edited yeah, this yeah, well, movie. No, 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 but, 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 what, what I, but, but the, the theory is more that they, they edited out relevant things that would really kind of explain more of what's wrong with what's going on. That's a big thing. It's like Kubrick died four days after they finished filming this movie. Shot by the heart attack gun. Sure. And there's a conspiracy theory that this movie had a lot of more stuff in it and the studios took it out are like well, higher up people heavily edited the film that's right. conspiracy theory obviously no way to prove that yeah so. yeah I, I don't really subscribe and to conspiracy theories but yeah, I, I generally don't as well so yeah so i don't know sure, you know if, if that's if there was a suggestion of like what those extra things were or if there's more in the story that like suggested that would be one thing but i just I just, uh, I, I just, yeah. I just feel like it's kind of weird. It's like this weird, like, like LARPing thing. I don't, like, I don't even really know how to describe what I'm getting at. Yeah. But it's just like it really sensationalizes the part of this that like would not be bad or weird. Like it I would think... maybe be kind of like funny and uncomfortable and different, right? Because most people don't live that sexual lifestyle. Yeah. But, well, I think, mm-hmm. I think the, I think the big thing doesn't discuss the part that would be bad. Right. I also think the big thing is like at the time when this movie came out in the '90s, something like that probably would have been a bigger deal like scandal wise, I guess than it would be nowadays. Yeah. They, they like, were really treading the line there between R and NC 17. I assume. Yeah. Which will, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that too about, um, in the trivia section about, uh, Kubrick's attempts to keep this R rated. So, yeah. Um, which we actually didn't see any of that cause we saw the uncut version. So, Oh, nice. There you go. All those, all those, uh, sexual acts at the, uh, at the party mm-hmm. not a single penis not a single penis not a single penis yeah no, not one was, yeah all right uh well but there were uh, multiple vagines there were anyways uh bill arrives home guilty and confused he finds alice laughing in her sleep and awakens her she tearfully explains a dream in which she was having sex with the naval officer and many other men and laughing at the idea of bill witnessing the scene the next morning bill goes to nick's hotel the desk clerk explains that a bruised and frightened Nick checked out hours earlier, escorted by two dangerous-looking men. Bill returns the costume, but seems to have misplaced the mask, and learns Millich is now procuring his daughter to the same men he performed citizen's arrest on the previous night. Performed citizen's arrest. He locked them in a room. Yeah, citizen's but, arrest. Yeah, sure. Citizen's arrest. <laughs> Lock people in a room and call the police. Okay. It's pretty so, citizen's arrest. So, so the, one, the one thing that I... The uh, the laughing scene, like her laughing in her sleep. I mean, most of that dream didn't really seem too bad. But again, because we're just assuming that it's not really that bad that she's horny. Um, until her laughing at him specifically. Which is a little weird, I would say. Unless we're just... And it could just be an unhappy marriage thing. But in, in, the, uh, in the book, uh, this scene is... It's still her laughing, but she's laughing as he's getting tortured and crucified in her dreams. So it's a little darker. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> well, uh. there is a. Um, this is maybe one of the stupidest lines I've ever read in book. Uh-huh. But there's this Gavin De Becker book. Okay, it's talking about the gift of fear, right? How people should you know trust their fear, intuition, or whatever. Fear is the mind killer. And he 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 throws out some like assertion that like to a woman the worst thing is to be raped and murdered, and to a man the worst thing is to be laughed at, which. I feel like is a very in poor taste assertion. Um, and I'm not sure about the first part, but I think the second part is, is something I see a lot of movies like this where it's like, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ego wrapped up in like mm-hmm. masculinity. And that's a lot yeah. of what 
Tom Cruise is obsessing over, I feel like, is just feeling feeling embarrassed, like feeling mocked by the fact that someone else, feeling cucked by the fact that someone else would, <laughs> uh. would sleep with your wife or your wife would find other men attractive or something like that. You know, the big thing is his wife never does anything in this movie. I, well, like, again, she's never nothing, unfaithful nothing to him. Yeah. Unless you're one of those stupid people who think that fantasizing about other people is cheating, which is stupid. Well, that che- you're gonna. That's just yeah. kind of human nature. Like he, he didn't care about. Actually, at the beginning, he didn't care that other people wanted to fuck his wife from from the sound of things until until she came out and said that. That's uh, because he didn't think women could cheat. No, and yeah. then Nicole Kidman's like, "Bro, I almost did." Yeah. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So like his, that just it, turned his whole worldview upside down. Oh, and now man. he's like, "Holy shit." She could cheat on me at any time, oh which God. is something that she could have done before, but I didn't realize it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's exactly that. And God, this movie's pretty pretty sexist in a lot of there, yes. there's there's a lot of mansplaining yes. going on in that one scene where she's telling him about her yeah. cheating thing, where he's trying to explain to her how women think, and it's like, dude, <laughs> come on, man, like. That's really bad. Yeah, yeah like, it was, it was, a lot, it was a lot of rough. male gaze going on yeah. with the camera too. <laughs> but I pointed but, out there's that one like well, you know, it, n- nude shot of of uh, uh, Nicole Kidman from behind yeah. three times in like yeah. a twenty minute period. <laughs> so is in that in that scene in particular is the movie being sexist or is ha- having Nicole Kidman call him out for it is is just Tom Cruise's character that's sexist there. I, I, th- I mean, think there's they, a, there's a lot else in the movie that makes the movie they do, itself. They sexist, do call but... it they do call it out in that one scene, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot in this movie that's a little like, well, not even a little, pretty glaring. Yeah, sexism, yeah. going misogynism going on right in this movie. So, agreed. Oh God, and I I, I have to the the shit with the uh, the costume shop owner's daughter is just it's so fucking weird even that is fucking it's weird also, because it it definitely primes you to think of the whole you know sex trafficking thing and uh-huh. the party um also she's ob- obviously way younger than any of the other women we see in the movie and and is underage and also, oh, also but, that, but it that, makes her seem like she's really into it you know yeah that's she's weird just like oh i really enjoy this and also that that fucking she's whispered line Cruise. that you can't actually hear but you can see in the subtitles about the cloak line with uh earthkin yeah yeah what, what is that there, there's, it's, there, it's a type it's well, actually inaudible you can't hear it like yeah but it's but it's in the script and it's in the subtitles when she, when that when he's getting his cloak, she leans in, and in the subtitles it said, "You know, you need a cloak lined with Erskine, ermine, maybe, ermine, maybe, yeah." And that, that's like a type of fur that comes from like a weasel-like animal. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's just like a weird line, and it's not even audible in the film. The only reason we caught it is because we were watching the subtitles. Yeah. On. Um, and honestly, the thing that's really weird about this whole underage thing is it's almost a throwaway in the movie. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, like, it's a it's a quick little scene at first that felt out of place, and then it they just come back to it later, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm uh, you know I'm whoring out my daughter now. So, and and again, this is one of the and things, he just lets it go and leaves. And again, this is one of those things that's that's also um, in the novella. So again, it might just be that people in the 1920s were fucking weird. And Stanley Kubrick is also kind of weird for wanting to uh, do all of this. But kind of yeah, weird. probably so. I mean, if I yeah, were, if I Stanley were Kubrick's only a little strange. <laughs> If I were reading it generously, I would say whatever commentary the movie is trying to have, that some of those scenes um, expand it to something that's more than just like, 
oh, there's this weird sex cult of, you know, rich people that are doing this. But it's also just in general, our society is like using these women as sex objects in all these different ways, right? Mm -hmm. We're thinking that our wives don't get horny for other men and, you know, using prostitutes and, you Mm -hmm. know, et cetera, et cetera. Well, and, um, and this could probably go just as well in the trivia, but might as well throw it in now because it's kind of relevant um during during filming of this movie according to nicole kidman stanley kubrick told her like just flat out point break or point blank point break Um, boo (laughs) boo point break boo uh point blank that uh pedophiles around the world was his like literal literal statement to her which he very well could have believed i would i would believe that especially from some of what he seems to be trying to get at with some of these scenes but but why would pedophiles rule the world i i don't i don't are they more likely to become billionaires i don't think it's i mean i I think that the bottom line is just that when people are and have a lot of wealth and power and they view certain things like young women as status symbols they're going to be more likely to go after younger and younger women. And if they have the power to cover it up, they're going to. Too old. Too old. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. no, I, I think that's there. But I also think that this movie does a lot with its other scenes, too. Uh, oh, yeah, I was, I was to, breaking away from the movie with that specific right, commentary. Right, right. But, but, yeah, just to just to expand its commentary and say, like, you know, yes, it is rich people, but it's also not just that. You know, there's a very pervasive, you know, all of society is sort of using money to, you know, sexually control women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, I'll just throw in here. Read Caliban and the Witch. It's very good. Anyway, continue. Okay. Uh, I'll just um, throw in here. Uh, watch Moonlight. It's just a good movie. It's not really related to yeah. any of this at all, but it's just, it's a really <laughs> lovely movie. Caliban and the Witch is actually related to the to the women shit. But anyway, I'm I'm gonna bring up something that's not in this recap. It's uh, I think it happens in between these this paragraph and the next one. I could be kind of wrong, but it doesn't say anything about it. It's when he goes to Domino's apartment and brings her Domino's pizza. I guess something some pastry or something but anyway some gift is around christmas or whatever and meets her roommate roommate reveals to her well let's start with this um he's pushing up hard oh yeah sally, sally. yeah he's pushing up hello hard. sally yeah, like like actively undressing her and stuff like that so he's still out to cheat even after this mm-hmm. uh even after this sex cult thing happens and then sally's like hey i have to tell you something you were with domino right well she's hiv positive we, you know, obviously assuming that Tom Cruise banged Domino. Yeah. Watching Tom Cruise react to that news was honestly like, I don't know, he did it really well, but it was like, at first it was a little bit funny because he still had that massive grin on his face that, that, uh, that like kind of weird, the, the Tom Cruise smile you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Just that wide grin as he slowly realized and it just slowly fades as the scene goes on. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the inclusion of Domino, both scenes involving Domino in this movie mm-hmm. were unnecessary. I feel like they didn't really add much except to give somebody else for Tom Wait, Cruise to... Unnecessary scenes in this movie? I may be I mean, repeating myself, but it's in the novella. Well, you know... Stanley- <laughs> but that doesn't make it necessary. <laughs> no, no, you're, like, you, you, you're, you're, cor- you're correct. Dire- it's not necessarily Okay, necessary. directors out there, uh, if you are adapting a novella or a book, not everything's relevant and mm-hmm. you can cut stuff out. That's true. I feel like Stanley Kubrick is the only director who doesn't realize that. I mean, I, I think that I think that it kind of helps with the thematic elements. I think there is a lot in this movie that could have been cut out. 
It's mostly kept in. It's it's a lot of reinforcing of themes, right? Of the yeah, use Tom of Cruise, women. Tom Cruise really wants to bone someone who's not his wife, and women. Most women are receptive to that. Well, <laughs> that's what I've got. There is that. Yeah, this is like a two a two hour and forty five minute movie of Tom Cruise trying to get laid and failing for whatever reason. Yeah, failing with everyone but his wife. It's actually weirdly, I don't know, pro family. I mean, that's a take. Yes, yeah. If you really twist it, but anyway. Uh, All right, well, uh, Bill reads the news about a beauty queen's death from an overdose, goes to the morgue, and identifies her as Mandy, the uh, uh, prostitute from the beginning of the film at the party. Um, He is then summoned by Ziegler, who reveals he was a guest in the orgy and identified Bill through his connection with Nick. Ziegler claims the Secret Society's warnings are only intended to scare Bill from speaking about the orgy. However, he implies the society is capable of acting on their threats. Bill asks about Nick's disappearance and Mandy's death, correctly identifying her as the masked orgy participant who sacrificed herself for him. Ziegler insists that Nick is safely back home in Seattle, and the punishment was part of the same charade of intimidation and had nothing to do with Mandy's death. He also says Mandy was a hooker, an addict who had died from another accidental drug overdose. Bill does not know whether Ziegler is telling the truth about Nick's whereabouts or Mandy's death. So, real quick, uh, shout out to the tinfoil hats, real quick. Um, You're wrong about everything. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, the news article that he reads, the uh, the author it's attributed to, mm-hmm. is an actual person. He was the um, journalistic advisor for the film, mm-hmm. but also on the Epstein flight logs. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, so everything, every conspiracy theory you've ever heard is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the moon's <laughs> not real. The Earth is you flat. You heard it here, folks. Birds don't exist. The government invented birds. That one's believe true. That one's definitely true. Theories with birds very are little evidence. birds are surveillance drones. Yeah, um, I believe it. But uh, th- this was, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot here. This might have been my favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I like it. The the discussion with Ziegler. I enjoyed. There's parts of it that I like. There's parts of it that I think in a version of this movie that worked really well for me, it would have been different. Um, like I don't like what? that he straight up explained everything and admitted everything. I don't know. Maybe that's kind of yeah. a power move or something. Well, but he almost... didn't. He didn't admit to everything. He he tried to twist it so that it might seem like it it could have been like faked or. Well, but I mean, he admitted he was there and all that, and yeah, made a lot of that. threats and everything, and you know, talked about step by step how they knew it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if this were if this were the fun version of the psychological thriller for Andrew, mm-hmm. um, a we would have started about ten minutes before the sex party happened. Sure. And uh, B, you might have seen things like he puts the receipt in his pocket and then later it's not there, or he gets home and the mask is on his pillow, right? But you wouldn't have this like person explaining everything to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it does add to his paranoia a little bit because this guy puts forth plausible scenarios for where they haven't actually done anything bad. But yeah, well, and so I think it is more interesting than a lot of the walking around and doing nothing that the rest of the movie is. Yeah, that's true. And I, I also do think that in, and I, I do like the movie, but I think in a more interesting version of the movie, there's five sex parties. Well, yes, but there's also like a further confrontation after this, like this kind of mild confrontation with this guy then leads to something more significant where something actually resolves. Cause I don't feel like there's much that's resolved by the yeah. end of the movie. Well, uh, in your version of the movie, while they're having the argument is Tom Cruise fully naked, uh, fully naked. Oh, wow. Is his hair wet? Uh, 
Yes, but only slightly. Okay, is he like really sweaty because he's like been out for a run or something? What are y'all doing? What are, what are y'all doing right now? <laughs> no, no. He's got like a towel around his neck. And he's no, no. Really charming. He he hasn't been out for a run. He's it's it's more are like a, it's more like a cold just, sweat. He's are he's you worried. Just he's scared. Top Gun. Oh yeah, Top Gun isn't nearly as gay as everybody thinks it is. <laughs> it's not gay enough, frankly. Well, okay. <laughs> Let me be frank. Boys. All right, well, upon returning home, Bill finds the rented mask on his pillow next to his sleeping wife. He breaks down in tears and tells Alice the whole truth of the past two days. The next morning, they go Christmas shopping with Hel- with uh, Helena, who wanders near two older men who had been first seen at Ziegler's party. Don't know if you caught that or not. Uh, mm-hmm. Unconcerned with their child, Bill apologizes to Alice, and Alice muses that they should be grateful that their marriage and mutual love survived. Yeah, that, that bit with the... Uh... With the people from Ziegler's party is part of the, some of the conspiracy theories related to this, I believe. There's debate whether or not their daughter was kidnapped at the end. Yeah. I've heard a lot of... Um, it seems like the majority of people think no. Sure. But there are some people who are like, well, she's walking towards those people who were at the party. Like, why would Kubrick use those actors? Like, with, with I mean, Kubrick's so detail-oriented. Why? Obviously, that wasn't a mistake, so... I, I've, I've, heard, I've heard the suggestion here that this is... that it's supposed to imply that the daughter is the price that they have to pay to get back to their regular lives. Mm. Uh, but th- there's a lot of... Y- y- you're doing a lot of work for the movie in this, thinking that... This movie is... It's considered the most... I mean, I think there's a stupid way of putting it. The most mysterious Kubrick film is how a lot of people put mm-hmm. it. Because it, it killed him. Also, the unfinished Kubrick film... It's just like, which that has to do with the yeah. ed- the editing stuff, that conspiracy that there was more to this movie that got cut out to right. hide shit. But like, I don't think anyone really knows what this movie's about. Like, cut and dry. Like, I feel like you can kind of figure you can I kind of figure it out with his other movies. With this one, it's like there's so much inferring you have to do, and like, yeah, you know, all that's why all these conspiracy theories spring up around this movie. It's just yeah, which like, is not you know that's not like so different from a lot of Kubrick stuff. Um, like a lot of his movies create a feeling more than a plot. Oh, I, I definitely like, did. I, I heard some quote once. It was like all great movies are a puzzle or a dream, and his movies are definitely in the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, the David Lynchian style. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't really make sense, but it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I, I did read an article earlier today that was like top ten conspiracy theories surrounding Kubrick's films, and all of his films are featured in that list. So. Yeah. Yeah. that's it's not an uncommon thing i just feel like it was kind of a bigger thing with this movie because like no one could really put their finger on what he was trying to do with this movie like what he was trying to say yeah and maybe that's just because he died so quickly after like sure you couldn't you can't he, he died him, like, four you know. days after shooting uh so yes. he wasn't part of the editing process at all no no he he he, he did he they, did a lot of the editing they had a, he, he submitted i think it's like he died four days after submitting submitting what he i think part it, of his it was four days after production wrapped i think is what it was oh he they because he i know he did but get, not post-production i i don't think so because i i think the only the only film he saw was a completed film but like the score wasn't in it and some other stuff wasn't in it, but he did see like a edited version of the film. It just wasn't hundred percent like ready to go to theaters yet. Oh, so Kubrick isn't to blame for the score, so you can't hold that against him. Well, I don't hold I that mean, against him. He could have just horrible, he, horrible fucking I mean, score. To be fair, he could have already had the score ready to go. It just hadn't been put in yet. So. And yet, nominated <laughs> nominated for a Golden Globe for best uh, original. Well, it's really easy to get nominated for Golden Globes, and it didn't win. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, I will say that with the ending, at least, I feel like I can kind of see like the 
the bones of what this movie is trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like ultimately my biggest problem with the ending is that I don't understand what the turn would be. Like, what is it that made the switch flip in Tom Cruise's head where he's the mask on the pillow totally freaked out anymore. I mean, the mask on the pillow, maybe it's just this, this threat of losing what you have. So you finally appreciate it. It may have just um, been him coming clean to his wife. Yeah. If I feel like that's it. just him and, actually admitting yeah. things instead of just trying to talk around things and pretend that he doesn't have feelings. Yeah. Um, and then also I feel like the last scene with those two actors um, is um, the way that I would read that is just that he is still being watched. Right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, could be that. he's still he can't ever escape this yeah this fact that he who knows maybe this whole thing was just wrapped up in this maybe this whole thing was just an elaborate marriage counseling deal I mean <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but, made up by Eric Bogosian and not yeah. Sidney Pollock yes yeah. I didn't I didn't really my initial thought watching this like I've seen this movie a few times I've never really thought that the daughter was kidnapped I did it took me a couple watches before I noticed that those two guys were the same actors and mm-hmm. I'm like oh okay. That's weird. And I, I, I'd heard that beforehand, so yeah. I was watching for it. Okay, and at first I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe they live in the hoity-toity part of New York. Maybe they're just there. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, it's probably more to that. And then I thought, you know, maybe he's just still being watched. But I never really thought his daughter was ever – I don't know. I never got any of that. I feel like that's kind of a leap Yeah. for some people to say that. Oh, like, sure. I mean, you're, you're kind of stretching, stretching for something there at the end. Like they – they would have had to do like a different way of shooting or like, you know, like the daughter turning the corner and the two guys start following or something like that. Like, or just, or just like a quick cut where, where you just see behind them and there's a bag over the daughter's head. Just pull, <laughs> oh yeah. Just pull her aside. Just in the background out of focus, just the daughter being dragged away. I, that's not even subtle at that point. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I'll say that like for me, there's, I'm going to make two references here. Uh-huh. Uh, the first one in college, I had to read the crying of lot 49, which is the Thomas Pynchon book that I mentioned earlier. And it's basically about this lady who thinks she's starting to pick apart a conspiracy and then towards the last half of the book, you know, kind of reality is falling apart. As she's basically going crazy because she's paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, last scene of The Sopranos, you kind of get into Tony Soprano's head for a second. He's in that diner. And, you know, the camera keeps cutting to all these different people in the diner who, like, could be FBI agents, could be people from different gangs, could be about to kill him or arrest him or whatever. Um, and I, th- that's kind of the feeling that I got in the last everything after the sex party was just Tom Cruise kind of being in this like paranoid haze where it's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell if I'm being followed, if they're going to kill me, you know, and they're messing with my head a lot. And, you know, and I think that fits in a lot at, with the end there. Yeah. Mm. I just throwing this out there. Could have just been Dr. Bill honking it the whole time. God damn it. What did I say? <laughs> I'm breaking the mixer. <laughs> oh no, the mixer's broken. Well, this is our uh, mixed audio folks. This is just us talking <laughs> directly into your iPhone. Yours specifically. Yeah. I would also like to point out that the uh, <laughs> last word of the last Kubrick film ever is fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, no, that sounds right. That's, that's, that's the legacy you want to leave. Well, any last thoughts on our discussion? This uh, is boring. Okay, fair so enough. Let's get into the rest of it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about some fun facts and background info about Eyes Wide Shut.
All right, we got another successful Tom Cruise movie here. Uh, maybe not quite as successful as some, but uh, $65 million budget, $162.1 million uh, box office. So still pretty, pretty great. Um, decently well received, both critically yeah. and publicly, 75% critically, 73% publicly. Um, yeah, um, which honestly, like it, it the 73% publicly kind of surprises me because it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that that many people would it may have like just, it, it may have been star factor probably it's tom cruise and, and kubrick i mean tom cruise was objectively good in the film yeah i particularly thought that that scene where he breaks down and cries in the bed was particularly well done it's good um uh, I guess I will bring the, this thing that Andrew just wrote in the script right now. Metacritic is way better than Rotten Tomatoes, and it got a 6.8, which means the movie gets a D plus, which is objectively correct. Uh, that's all opinion. <laughs> that is all opinion. So it's all Andrew's that. opinion specifically. I'm just saying the Rotten Tomatoes system is not. It's very counterintuitive. I mean, it does have its flaws you look, because you, look you can at the be 70% can be, fresh, right? And you're like, oh, that's like a 75 out of 100. Sure, that's pretty good. But that means 75% of people were like thumbs up, and 75% said thumbs down. It's a different which, thing. Which, yeah, it it is it is a problem because what that could mean was that 75% of people were just just on the starting edge of positive and all of the other 30 hated it yeah so and which objectively speaking does not make that a good movie because people are like uh it's pretty good and then a bunch of people who are like this movie's fucking garbage and you look at a lot of nobody's like nobody's like this is the best movie ever which is not the case with this movie there are definitely a lot of people who are really into this movie yes yeah and a lot of the movies that hit 100 percent are like pixar movies you know which are good Mm -hmm. but it's like are these like the best films that are ever made which is what you'd think if it got like a 10 out of 10 on on metacritic um or 60 or 100 out of 100 but really it just means they're agreeable movies they have a broad audience i feel like when you get into like the mid 70s and higher percentage in rotten tomatoes it is kind of a good read on general consensus i guess yeah. Um, it's it's when you get to those ones that are like sixty five percent. It's like, is it really good though? Yeah. Like, I'm not or, saying it's a bad system. Yeah. I'm just saying it it measures it, something differently than what you intuitively think looking at this. Yeah. Movie. No, it's it's definitely flawed, and yeah, I fully agree with you on there. But um, but yeah, I think I think generally speaking, when this movie came out, it was pretty decently positive received. It wasn't yeah, you know anything so. amazing or anything like that. But you know, for most people, are like, yeah, that's a good film, which. Also, could have. I mean, it's Kubrick. Yeah, I feel like Kubrick films always get thumbs up for most people. Just, I mean, he has such a critics such are going to love it because of right. his attention to detail and his love of filmmaking, and he has such the, a track record too. Like, yeah, all those like nuances he does, and then you know the audience is going to like it because it's Tom fucking Cruise. So, uh-huh. and I don't care what people say about him, motherfucker makes. I mean, he makes movies good, like. Like people, people go still go to see him despite any. I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've heard. Maybe it's just with my friends, but I've heard a lot of people say oh, they hate. Tom Yeah, Cruise, a lot of people but, say they hate Tom Cruise and he's a bad actor. And but at the same time, like, like it's like yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like you just look at his movies and his track record. It's like, can you really say he's a bad actor if all of his movies are doing that well? I think he's like, better than the average actor. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not best actor in the world, but you know, good. I would say is a. Yeah, Solid he's no word. Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, he's no that person that I don't know. I showed you a picture of her on an episode. You said you did know her. I mean, well, I Google don't know it. her by name. Anyways, Google no, it. No stunts to perform in this movie. Yeah, shut up, basic. No, I, was, okay, I wasn't. I wasn't going to disagree. 
thought, uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say him putting on the is mask was a stunt sex or something. A stunt? No. This is Patricia Clark. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please don't yeah, yeah. forget this time I hit my mic five times while I did that. <laughs> nice. Uh, there is a little bit of running when he's being followed, runs he across, runs the, across street. the street. It's yeah, great. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Still have not gotten a movie where Tom Cruise does not run. Yeah, I don't think. I don't the think closest we got was uh, A Few Good Men. He runs two steps after Joe. That was the only, that was the closest yeah. we got. But, uh, well, anyways, I believe Andrew has has something. Checklist-based movie analysis. Checklist-based right. movie analysis. Bechdel tests. Yes, are there movie. two women in this movie? Yes. There, there are two named women in this movie, yes. Are they named? Yes. 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 Do they talk to each other? No. no not once. Uh, not about a man. Sexy lamp. I'm sounding g- no. Okay, okay. Right? Uh, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. When you say um, no, as in it doesn't pass the sexy lamp test. I think it does so, not pass. The sexy I'm gonna say lamp Nicole test. Kidman does not pass, but I think that Mandy does. I think that Mandy does because she impacts the plot in that he does not get his ass beat or whatever because she sacrifices herself. And a sexy lamp can't do that. Nicole Kidman, absolutely sexy lamp. They. Uh, like most of the movie revolves around him being upset about things that he thinks other men might do to his lamp. I mean, I guess but... it depends who you consider. <laughs> I guess it depends who you don't fuck my lamp. <laughs> I don't fuck my lamp, Dan. I guess it depends who you consider the main female character. I mean, I felt like it was Nicole Kidman. Well, okay, so yes, but I also think that. I don't know. I think that you could apply this to multiple female characters in a movie, right? I think that it does have one think, female I character think, that I think usually passes this. I think usually we've just done it with the main female character, but I mean, we we could we could we can always switch that up. Like, yeah, I think Mandy sure. had more impact on the plot than Nicole Kidman's character did for yeah, sure. I don't think it's explicitly about the um, the main character. We've kind of been doing it that way, but I don't think that's in the text of the test. Um, I don't know. I still feel like this is mostly a sexy lamp. Um, I understand that she did a thing that impacted the plot at some point, but. Um, but I think if you took her out of the story, it's really not that hard to stitch up the story. Like I think the story is still yeah, yeah but mostly doesn't hang on her. I don't I don't know because there's a lot there's a lot in the uh, in the final I guess we'll say final act where he's that, that kind of revolves around her too, even though she's dead. Um, I mean, I still think her impact was able to be worked around pretty easily, and didn't really. I don't think it would the overall story of the film would really have been impacted that much without her. So, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I feel like we're on the reverse side of the argument from last week with, uh, with Renee Zellweger's character. I feel like it's very similar where they have a minor impact on the plot and is, I, th- what, I think it's more than a it, post-it note. It, well, but... I mean, which is what I said about Dorothy last week as well. But I mean, sure. I, I feel like it, both of those characters, it's like they affected the plot, but did they affect the plot enough? For yeah. it to really like, I think if Tom Cruise, has I know. I think if I think if uh, if Tom Cruise uh, died there in the party, it would have affected the plot a lot. I think that if he showed up to the party and walked around observing things and felt vaguely threatened and left, then I think the story would have still held together pretty well. Like you know, he still would have ended up. I think they need. I think followed. I think they needed to call him out. Like I, I don't know. I, I think. Well, I don't know. I guess you could still have him followed and have him paranoid that, oh, they know it was me. So there's that. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I just, just think that most of that. I mean, it is true honestly, that her, her death you know and what? her helping, like, that does impact the plot, but I don't think it's too hard to work mm, around. I'm going to make an argument here. I think if he hadn't have gotten his mask, had to take his mask off on the party and then he was still followed and figured it out, that would have been more compelling. 
It might have been. Because it's like, oh, yeah. shit. Because then he, he really he'd, doesn't know. He'd slowly, he'd, he'd like, am I being paranoid or do they actually know who I am? Like, obviously, he knows that they know who he is because he took his fucking mask off. But I actually would argue that that would actually make the film more compelling. Maybe. but Yeah. I don't know. I think probably it, it doesn't pass a sexy lamb test for me. My, my, my vote is that it passes. But, I mean, we can do this democratically. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more. Doesn't really pass. Democracy. I feel. I feel like. It, I feel like it never Dor- works. Democracy. I mean. I feel like. Sad. If, I feel like if Dorothy wouldn't pass, uh, it's the Mandy wouldn't pass. Form of I feel like they had comparable impact. I know y'all disagreed with me on Dorothy, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And I mean, I know it's kind of a slippery slope because you can usually ride around, you know, like most characters being taken hey, out. But I will say though, I am enjoying the fact that with Jerry Maguire and this movie, and maybe more movies to come, we're not just agreeing on all. Is that the tests aren't cut and dry? I do enjoy yeah, that. It's, it's a little, a little bit, more, a little, little more discussion more based. Yeah. I think the Makamori um, test is pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of cut and dry, Makamori, no, it, no, uh, no, no pass whatsoever. No. It was all revolving around, like, every female character, there, any arc they might have even had revolved around Tommy Cruise. What, what about the daughter? Though? Her arc went from, you know, Having, living a happy life to being kidnapped into slavery. Oh, oh, I, I, sorry, I thought you were talking about Milich's daughter, who's, uh, whose arc went from sneakily having sex with older men to getting her father paid for her having sex with older men. That's true. Which is um, a terrible arc. God Terrible, terrible. We're at fifteen percent on the Mako Mori test. Um, pretty bad. <laughs> unsung heroes. We've got some of those. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my case. The limo for... drivers who get everyone to and from <laughs> the, limo drivers, the parties. Yes. How do they keep this under control? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make my case for Alice, his wife. Okay. Because yeah. uh, I mean, it, really think about this. Like, she's just like. She gets over everything at the end of the movie. She's like, oh, yeah, I love you. And we're still a happy marriage or everything. Like, like Tom Cruise couldn't get over the fact that she fantasized about some dude. And then he goes off into this fucking sex cult and everything like yeah. that. And she's just like, oh, yeah, it's a little fucked up. But, that you know, threatens their lives. It's like, we're, we're good. I still love you. I want to make this work. It's like, OK, man, like you had a legitimate reason to be like, bro, <laughs> he did not. He had no like to stand on there but she yeah. she definitely did and she's like you know i'm gonna stay with you you know we're gonna true we're gonna yeah, work this out that's true. i'll say yes that's good and then also uh unsung hero here i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little meta with this nicole kidman oh there you go nicole she, kidman she actress. put up with a lot she put up with a lot yeah she sacrificed and was married to tom cruise <laughs> to forgive our sins <laughs> uh i will also in the in the uh, same vein as the limo drivers uh the cleanup crew Oh uh, yeah, no, oh, there was absolutely. a lot of boning going oh, on. Oh, those, those poor My butlers and there, maids. Not not only the staff, right? If nothing else, we know canonically there is a coat check guy, right? Yeah. And he's clearly not a billionaire, and he's not part of the sex party, but he's just like, I'm just uh-huh. taking the coats, guys. Yeah. <laughs> trying not to think about everything that's happening Honestly, in the next room. Let's just say the um, uh, I get, uh, well, for lack of a better term, servants in this movie. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The person, uh, who, the, the person help. who, the person who, uh, who had to bring Tom Cruise's car from the garage uh, in thirty minutes, <laughs> yes. or the person, or the uh, the lady who works at his doctor's office. Oh no, it wasn't even the receptionist at his doctor's office. He told the receptionist to tell another woman mm-hmm. to bring him his coffee. What <laughs> <Yes>. the fuck? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's pretty bad. Also, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, oh, you go ahead. All right, I'm gonna go meta again with this, and I'm gonna say um, the set designers for the movie. Because, uh, and I, this may have come up in your trivia, I might be co-opting this a bit, no, but the the entire movie was shot in uh, in the UK, mm-hmm. 
um, which is insane because a lot of those sets look exactly like fucking New York. It's really well done, but Stanley Kubrick has a fear of flying, so he yep. they had to do it all in, in Britain. Um, my unsung hero is going to be the um, whoever like choreographed the ritual, you know, whoever was responsible oh, yes. for first like writing the choreography. <laughs> oh, wait, you're talking like, then, like in doing, in yeah, universe in universe like production design and choreography, <laughs> and having to like teach everybody and be like, no, okay, see, your whole Alistair you're gonna be Crowley, on I your think. knees, and then you're all gonna kiss each other, and then you're just all gonna like stand around this throne for a while. I don't know why. You know, whoever came up with this idea, Unsung yeah. Hero. And we're yes. all going to pick one person to stare at menacingly just in case. Yes, <laughs> that shall be the Orgy King. <laughs> the Red Cloak. Uh, one person to stare at menacingly just in case. I love it. Um, okay, next is Los Stats and Louise. Uh, I believe we discussed, and I think we were all in agreement, that uh, Alice was kind of the Louis yeah, of the film. Yeah, she's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Just, hey. the, just the performance. Yeah. <laughs> hey. God. That was great. Um, the stats, I don't know. Do we have any stats for this? The Orgy King. Nick. I'm, Nick Nightingale. You know what? <laughs> also the Orgy King. Yes. You know what? I'm going to go with the Orgy King. Small part. Really compelling, right? I want to know more about the Orgy King. Yeah. Who's instructed all these people to glare menacingly at everybody in case they're a stranger in disguise. If I'm not mistaken, Red Cloak has some uh, some theories around him, too. I don't know what all they are, but... You mean Orgy King? Yeah. Okay. He's, because he was wearing a Red Cloak? He's generally referred to as Red Cloak, but uh, yes. Uh, the Orgy King. Yes, the Orgy King. Yeah. yeah. I like Orgy King better. But. No, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, let's see. Who's another? Who could be other, a little stat? Is there any other Louis in the film? I mean, kind of, kind of Bill. A yeah. Little bit. Bill's. Who's Bill? The main character, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise's oh. character. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, he's not quite as much. Sort as of a blank slate, maybe because they're just adapting the book, and you're probably in his head for a yeah. lot of the story. Yeah, getting, mm. While getting super fucking depressed because his wife had a sex dream about yeah, that's some dude. Fucking weird. It's kind of a bummer. Uh, the stat. Uh, maybe the uh, Nick's, uh, Nick's hotel uh, door. <laughs> I knew that guy. Oh, I forgot. Uh, He's like, I, I forgot oh, do I know anything in... about Nick? I know everything about Nick. <laughs> I forgot to bring him up in Unsung Heroes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That character was great. I feel like this would be something from like a Will Ferrell spoof movie where you're just like walking in and you just like ask a waiter like have you seen this man and he just has all of the information you need instantly <laughs> oh yeah he got beat up by a couple of guys i think they were from a sex cult or something here's oh, the address to anyway, the next party here's your quest <laughs> i think it was a john mulaney stand-up where he was talking about how like in like cr- crime shows or whatever there's that bartender who always knows everything about every person who's ever been in his bar yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that lady. She was a nice lady. Came in here two weeks ago about 3 40, 47 a.m. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, I forget if it's him, but I think somebody also just has one about like Law and Order in general. That, where, that, like, that, that's part people of are that, always yeah. just like, just, oh, I don't want to fucking talk to the homicide police. Like, I'm going to keep doing my job. I should just be like, what the hell? Yeah, that's people clean. showed up to my workplace and they were murder police. Yeah, I that's stop what I'm doing and talk to that them. Was that, same, that was that same little vein that yeah. John Mulaney did. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you have to talk to the murder police just way too often, and you're like, God, I can't deal with this every day. Yeah. Stop coming and talking to me, murder yeah, police. Gotta yeah, keep washing uh, my glasses over here. Yeah, New Yorkers, uh, tweet at us. Let us know how often you have to talk to the murder police. And oh, come on. <laughs> All right, got, got any more stat of Louis? Uh, nope. All right, uh, I guess we're getting some trivia here. Uh, Stanley Kubrick died just four days after presenting Warner Bros. with what was reported to be the final cut of the film after a legendarily long shoot. 
uh, his friends and family, as well as cast and crew of the film, all claimed that Kubrick's death was completely unexpected and that he never seemed to be in poor health while making the film. And this is what started the yeah, this Kubrick was killed conspiracy theory. Yeah, they, they gave him the same cancer they gave Hugo Chavez. Yeah, and there you go. Uh, Why wouldn't you just cancel the movie, though? Uh, I mean, there, there is there is that. Like, honestly, it it's hard to say, and people can die of unexpected things at any point. I mean, died of a heart attack. Those can come on suddenly. But like, like you don't have we, to we, be in bad health. That we heart know attack. we know yeah. that they tried to kill Bernie with a heart attack gun. So like, it's possible. <laughs> uh, we do not know that. <laughs> no, um, it's a hundred percent confirmed. So there we go. That's conspiracy theory number one. Oh. Stanley Kubrick was murdered because of this film, and then it was heavily edited after his death. Uh, second one I want to get into is that Kubrick. Well, my unsung hero is going to be the uh, CIA agent who had to learn film editing to edit Kubrick's movie down uh, to stop from uh, exposing their pedophile cult. Yeah, my second. My second is conspiracy, that a hero? Unsung, <laughs> villain. unsung, unsung villain. villain. Yes. Yeah, so my my second conspiracy theory I want to get into has to do revolves around Tom Cruise and Scientology. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's daughter joined the Church of Scientology and did not talk to her family after that, so he had some issues with Scientology. So I, f- uh, some people feel like this movie. Oh, you feel. I don't actually feel this, <laughs> but some people feel like this movie was an elaborate ploy to break up Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's marriage. And well, part of this is from this. There's a um, lot to support that, honestly. Uh, the film is notoriously known for its secrecy during production, and the secrecy even divided the two main stars, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Uh, to exaggerate the distrust between their fictional husband and wife, director Stanley Kubrick would direct each actor separately and forbid them to share notes. Uh, in one painful example, just for just one minute of final footage where Alice makes love to a handsome naval officer, an imaginary affair that haunts Bill, blah, 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 blah. Kubrick demanded that she shoot six days of naked sex scenes with a male model, and not only did he ask the pair to pose in over 50 erotic positions, he banned Cruz from the set and forbade Kidman to assuage her husband's tension by telling him what happened during the shoot. This is really meta. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, I honestly, honestly, I just think this is Kubrick's kind of bordering on neurotic film style. Yeah, and, and yeah, or maybe he just hates them, and he's not specifically like having a master plan to break them up, but he just hates them. It might be, and is trying to treat them poorly. It, it, it might, it might be, it might be this thing where like, okay, I got these, I got a husband and wife to do this film. Let's see what I can do. Hmm. And uh, so, what kind of power I have? I don't as have Stanley it, Kubrick. I don't have it in here, but I have read something that he uh, he sat in with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman through like a psych, like a like a therapy session almost like a marriage counseling session mm-hmm. and uh it Nicole Kidman has come out and said that it was very brutally honest and emotional counseling sessions whatever with the director of the yeah. film or whatever and uh they ha- nobody has ever released what they talked about yeah, I think so. Probably shouldn't. Uh, and I don't. I don't quite remember when Tom Cruise and Nicole came in divorced. I don't think it was very long after this film. It was pretty soon after. Yeah. So that's where this came from. That because of his hatred of Scientology, and therefore, I guess Tom Cruise, Stanley Kubrick broke up Tom Cruise and Nicole Kim's marriage through this movie. It's a stretch. So I have my own, like most conspiracy theories. Yeah. But. <laughs> I have my own pet theory related to this, and it's not like. It's it's nothing nearly as in depth, but I think it's around this film. Oh, hey, dogs! <laughs> um, it's around this film. Um, I, you get Magnolia after it, mm-hmm. but like you don't see Tom Cruise doing really any serious like dramas after this film. 
they're mostly like action movies. There is um, obviously like Rock of Ages, more more lighthearted things like that, and Tropic Thunder. Mm-hmm. I think that might have something to do with it. Maybe he just doesn't want to undergo an experience like this ever again, so he intentionally avoids these kinds of projects. Yeah, he he, he has come out and said that he did not enjoy filming this, but he also said he would have kicked himself if he wouldn't have done it. Because, I mean, sure. working with Stanley Kubrick, not very many actors get to say that. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, if anyone who would have had the chance to work with Kubrick, like, you jump on that. Yeah. Why the fuck not? Um, also, uh, staying with Kubrick, uh, appeared in the this movie appeared in Guinness Book of World Records with the record for the longest constant movie shoot at 400 days. Maybe that's why this movie is kind of a mess. Yeah. Might be. And, and keep in mind, I said shoot. This is when they were shooting the movie. It does not include editing, Jesus. production, post-production, any of that. This is filming the movie took over a year. 400 days yeah um yeah uh nicole kimmon and tom cruise actually signed open-ended contracts with um Mm -hmm. stanley kubrick where they would start filming and they would be done whenever kubrick released them from their contracts yep and uh, that was what they agreed upon there was no set time like most movie contracts have a set time Mm -hmm. when they're done because you know actors have other projects right which, well, filming for his other projects got delayed, right? Nicole because Kidman of, as well. There, he was because mm-hmm. he was after this movie. He went on to film Mission Impossible Two. Yes. She went on so to film Practical delayed. Magic. Both of those productions got pushed back because this movie took four hundred days to shoot. Which yes. is, if those of y'all who don't know how movie making works, is obscenely long. Yeah, obscenely long. It usually takes a few months to shoot a movie. So, um, also, this is where. Uh, while filming this movie, Paul Thomas Anderson visited the set, and that is where he offered Tom Cruise the role of Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia. Mm-hmm. So landed his role Tom in Magnolia. Cruise's greatest role. Yeah, I mean, maybe. in my humble opinion. I mean, you could definitely make that argument. He was very, oh, very good. Is your opinion humble? Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. It's my um, uh, favorite role of his, anyway. I will also say they. I also say the stress of the legendary long shoot gave Tom Cruise an ulcer. But he was so determined not to let it interfere that he did not tell Stanley Kubrick. So is that considered a stunt? I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. But yeah, I thought stress doesn't cause ulcers. Isn't that well? Isn't that like an urban myth or something? I don't know enough about ulcers to suburban. Give me a full medical <laughs> breakdown right now. Uh, uh, Doctor Bill probably it. could. He would tell you to open your eyes and look at him. Uh, cured. Cured. Anyways, uh, British. Look up to the skies and see. Turn it down. Uh, British author old. and conspiracy like theorist. British author and conspiracy theorist easy David. Come, easy go. <laughs> British author and conspiracy theorist David. Icky, I think, described in a magazine interview the Freemasonic mansion sequence as being a mild, mild version of what really goes on in an elite society. You're going to really regret doing that when you have to edit this, and it's just us screaming and the dogs running because we're screaming. Uh, yeah, okay. Wow, you turn me up real loud. Turn me back down, bitch. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just... Anyways, what I said was there's a British auto conspiracy theorist that said in an interview... Uh, that the free ma- uh, the Freemasonic mansion sequence as being a mild, mild version of what really goes on in elite societies. Well, and we know that's true at this point, just from and like not even not even like uh, conspiratorial, but like just from the shit that we know about Epstein and the whole ring that he was running. We know that way more depraved shit than just obviously a masked sex party goes on. Yeah, 
and it's not everyone in elite society, but it's weirdly connected to a decent number of big name people. Well, there's always facets in societies like that. There's no, different, it's true. different sects like to, to take it. Yeah, sects. God damn it. Who take it <laughs> to another level and all that shit. No, absolutely. Like, like, like I was saying earlier, it, like when you get enough people with like that much money and that much power and, and you treat women, especially young women, like status symbols, you're going to get people who abuse younger and younger women. That's just, that's, and that's I mean, a reality of that. And it's fucked in, up. That's really in any gathering, and you see it a lot in religion, too. You know, some people take the religion to an almost cult-like level, and other yeah, people... Yeah, some people believe... Some people celebrate Christmas. What the fuck is that? Okay. <laughs> okay, Jehovah's Witness, Mason. <laughs> but... <laughs> that'd be a weird... That'd be a weird take for me. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you have a similar... You know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, a little bit less on the concerted conspiracy side of things, but, yeah, like you're sure. saying with... You know, religion, you even have things like Catholic priests that just have an alarming rate of abusing children, Mm -hmm. and it's because they have an insulation from justice, and they're part of a really powerful organization that can just sort of individually, like, move them around whenever it wants to, instead of letting them experience any consequences to their action, and Mm -hmm. it just becomes rampant and terrible. Oh, somebody watch Spotlight. I did. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. It really is. People like to dunk on it now because they feel like it's not sophisticated, but it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, you can't just see Mark Ruffalo in it and say it's unsophisticated. Like, he he can play both the Hulk and a a reporter. They knew, Marty. (laughs) They knew. They let it happen to kids. Oh, they did, though. They really did. It's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. I'm really glad they picked that for when they were, for his little Oscar clip. They picked that scene. I'm like, that was a. A plus scene. To Again, pick. people like to dunk on it, but the movie made you feel that. Yeah, it really um, did. I, I, no, great movie. Yeah. I'm also going to uh, continue what I started last week. Actors who lost out on the main role to Tom Cruise, and these first couple are going to be surprising. But the original iteration of this movie, because Kubrick bought the rights to that novella way before this. Yeah, no, it was um, a long. It was way before. It was like the 70s that he first read it, right? Yeah, and uh, the original iteration of this movie was actually a comedy. Which is where these first, Whoa. which is where these first two names come from, Woody Allen and Steve Martin. Uh huh. Those were the, his original ideas. I wonder why Woody Allen was interested in this movie. I wonder why. Um, and then, Couldn't uh, have anything to do whatsoever with the uh, costume shop owner's daughter. Can we cast Milch's daughter as my stepdaughter, please? Oh. And let me have a sex scene with her. She's 17 and 364 days old right now, and our relationship is completely appropriate until tomorrow. Woody Allen is bad and also on the sure. Epstein flight logs. Anyways, uh, Harrison Ford was the first one for when it started to become more of a drama. And actually, uh, Harrison Ford, this is an additional trivia piece. The I was original, about to say. yeah, the original name of the character had, I guess, like a, a more Jewish. Name. Yeah, they, they wanted they wanted to keep it with like true to the novella and go, stick with like a stereotypically Jewish name. Yeah, but uh, Stanley Kubrick wanted it to be. They wanted he wanted the main couple to be more like vanilla Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The last name Harford is Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford was his suggestion, yeah, right? Is yeah, like this is the real all American. Yeah, that that was his choice. He wanted the guy to be a Harrison Ford type, which is why Harford is a shortening of Harrison Ford into one name, and yeah. that's why that's in there. Which is then also still interesting because I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford is part Jewish. Yes, yes, and 
Yeah. Um, also, uh, Alec Baldwin was considered. Um, we were talking about how they had a husband and wife with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise. Well, that wasn't the first husband and wife pairing. They originally wanted it to be Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. They were married at the time. I do not believe they still are, but at the time they were also married. So really wanted to have true uh, husband and wife chemistry. and really split up their marriage as much yeah, as possible. Really, Stanley Kubrick just wanted to see if he had the power to split, to break up a marriage. I mean, I guess. <laughs> and he did. He absolutely did. Uh, all right. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? I mean, we've kind of gone over the the uh, trivia that I wanted to cover in the process. So right, I think well, yeah, they go. were good. Yeah, a lot of conspiracy theories about this movie. Uh, it, we didn't cover all of them because some of them were really bad shit. So yeah. if you're more interested, feel free. Look I them do, up. They're, I, they're pretty crazy. I so. do want to bring up, and you probably should look into this because it's just funny. Like There are a lot of, there are a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding Stanley Kubrick. Just in general, not even related to this movie specifically. Like, Stanley Kubrick is supposedly the person that filmed the moon landing. Yes. So. Yeah. Stanley yeah. Kubrick's entire life is surrounded by conspiracy theories. So He's a fantastic director. I love his movies. I love his movies so much. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all we have on Us Wide Shut. Uh, join us next time when we watch Magnolia. I'm Donovan Bruce. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars on iTunes and check out our letterbox for our Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. Uh, I'm Andrew Mount, uh, and uh, remember that our brains are hardwired to recognize patterns even when there are no <laughs> patterns there, so have some intellectual humility and uh, try not to believe conspiracy theories with no evidence. Uh, for this and other podcasts that we do, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. That's G is in gravy, catsmedia.com. One more time, that's G is in government, catsmedia.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mason Kuzmich. Uh, Please, if you haven't already, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at CruisinItPod. That's at C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. And uh, Jeffrey Epstein did not commit suicide. Or maybe he did. He did not commit suicide. He could have. And you've been listening to Cruising It. Cruisin' It.